Open your Bible, please, to two passages of Scripture. I'd like you to turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, and then also where we'll spend the majority of our time tonight, John chapter 5. Well, it's good to be in Florida, and I know you Floridians are saying, Woo, is it cold? But I'm telling you, it's warmer here than it is up north. We love everything about Florida. We love the weather. We love the beaches. We love the sunshine. We love the people. We love freedom. I don't know. <laughs> Folks, don't take for granted just the governor that you have in your state. I mean, you could come to Illinois, and uh, it's a whole different life there. I mean, God's grace is sufficient everywhere, but I want to tell you, being in Florida is wonderful, and we're adapting. We're snowbirds. We, we've become snowbirds. Those, that's a northerner that comes down and stays for a couple of months. You understand that. A snowflake is a northerner that comes down and stays for a couple of weeks. And then we have you frogs. And that's northerners that come down and they stay till they croak. And so... <laughs> We're just snowbirds, and so we're not uh, frogs yet. Hopefully, we'll get there. And I love, we're in so many different churches, and I love hearing the testimonies And some of the churches we're in. What a blessing to hear them give testimony after some of the meetings that we've, that we've seen, and it's a joy to hear it. And I like this one. This guy stood up. I mean, you got to remember, you guys get a lot of old people down here, too. And one man said, he said, I've had two bypass surgeries, a hip replacement, I have new knees, I fought prostate cancer and diabetes, I'm half blind, I can't hear anything quieter than a jet plane, I, I take 40 different medications that make me dizzy, winded, and subject to blackouts, I have bouts with dementia, I have poor circulation, I can hardly feel my hands and my feet, I can't remember if I'm 85 or 95, and I've lost all my friends, but thank God I still have a driver's license. <laughs> So, I mean, you guys are always so upbeat here in Florida. Well, we're glad to be here ourselves. Now, today we're, we're starting a revival service. And I think all of us understand a guest preacher doesn't bring revival. A pastor doesn't start revival. And quite frankly, we can't say, okay, God, let's have revival. Revival is a working of God. Yes, it does involve us and our heart attitude, but ultimately it's God that sets the fire, as your preacher has stated. And so tonight, when we talk about revival, what do we mean by revival? Someone help me out. Let me, uh, I'm going to take liberty a little bit. I'm going to pretend like I'm on your church staff. I feel like family here, I'm not a guest. And so if you're new to the church, um, well, then you're new. I'm not. I've been coming longer than you then. And so, but I'm gonna, I want you to talk to me a little bit. When we say we need revival, what do we mean? What, does, what do you want revival about? Sir. Inspire you to get you going? Okay, I get that. Someone else. Good. Someone else. Revival. Renewed. Okay, help me out. What's revival? Speak in English, poor favor. <laughs> <laughs> Courage. Okay, God. Uh, 
He's been teasing us gringos all day, so I'm just turning the table a little bit. Help me out a little bit. Motivate those that have strayed away to come back to the faith. Good. To make worship more fervent. A fresh anointing. Those two are coupled together there. Good. Something else. Spark your spiritual growth. Good. Be the witness. That's a good. Make new converts. That's a result of revival. Would we not agree with that? Because when you get revived, you can't help but tell somebody about Christ. Sir. It's a reboot. I like that. Never heard it put that way, but I like that. Reboot. Somebody else. Awakening our spirit. Super. Someone else. Revival. What What are you looking for when we say we need revival? Make it alive again. The word revive means to bring back to life, doesn't it? And so when we say that, we can't ask for revival without humbly admitting something's almost dead, right? When we say, dear God, I need revival, and how many in here would agree, I need revival? I know our country needs revival, but we need revival. And so we are humbly stating we're not the people we ought to be. Are we not in agreement on that? I mean, it's not like we're anti-God. It's not like we're against God. We're here. But we're admitting that we're not the people we ought to be. We're not the people that we once were at one time in our Christian walk. We need a fresh awakening, a fresh anointing, we, we need that spark to get, get us back where we once were and where we should be. When we say we need revival, we're suggesting that as a church, we're not impacting the community like we should. I mean, come on, folks. The early church, they turned the world upside down for Jesus, did they not? They didn't have computers. They didn't have marketing skills. They didn't have a lot of great orators. I mean, the orators of the day mocked Peter, James, and John. These are unlearned men. They're not college educated. And yet, they spoke with authority and with the power of the Holy Ghost. Folks, that's what we need on our churches today. We need revival. And today, I'm speaking from the viewpoint, and I'm hoping that some of the young people, of course, all of you look young to me. <laughs> when you get to be my age, wow, everybody looks young. There's a few of you that are my seniors still, but it's good to be in a church with some young folks. The younger generation, they don't understand that America has changed. It really has. Just think back in the 60s. In 1962, I think it was, the Supreme Court banned prayer 
from our public schools. Now keep that in mind because the average young people today that are two millennials, they never knew that there was prayer in school. And so for us old timers, we're thinking, well, what do you expect? You take God, you take prayer, you take Bible reading. In 63, they said it was illegal to read the scriptures in, in public school. They're taking God out of our public school system. Well, what do you expect a country to look like after 60 years of boycotting God? Well, folks, if there's any hope for our country, it's in the church. It's not in our public school system. And I don't want to hurt your feelings, for, especially for those of you that are uh, so bent on getting the right candidate. As much as I love your governor here in this state, he is not the key for revival in our country. The key for revival is sitting before me. The key for revival is standing behind the pulpit tonight. The key to revival is God's people getting right with God. Now, turn over there to 2 Chronicles chapter 7. Because nothing that I've said is new. True? We all know this. You'd have to put your head in the sand. You'd have to be strung out on drugs not to know what I'm saying because it's just obvious. And yet what? Nothing has changed. This isn't the first time you've had revival services. This isn't the first time that your pastor has said, folks, we need to pray that God would move amongst us. In fact, the average church today, they just get acclimated. This is the new norm. This is the way it is. And God's not going to do anything. And for some, we just make the best of the worst. And we are not anticipating God to do anything miraculous amongst us. And I want to suggest that's one of the reasons why we don't see revival. We really don't want it. We say we do, but we're not looking for it. Look in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, and many of you can quote it. God says, now can I tell you when the occasion is? God's people here, the Israelites, they're on a mountaintop. They're not, they're not living in sin. They're on a mountaintop. They just built the temple. They just had a celebration that blows, blows our minds. If you, if you saw the party that they had, and I'm not using party in the, in the worldly sense, but you talk about a celebration. You're talking seven days of all-you-can-eat buffet. Now, folks, to me, that's a celebration. All you can eat, room service, it's all there. And they're praising God for God's hand on them, and now they have a temple 
where they can come into the presence of Almighty God. But God knows human nature. He knows that even the best of us will slip or can slip. And so he says in verse number 14, if my people, notice he's not worried about the unsaved crowd. He's not worried about the heathen that don't know him. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, circle that word, then, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and notice those last four words, and will heal their land. Wow. God is able to heal us. God wants to heal us. God is available to heal us. Do you get that? God's already laid out a plan. And I want you to be thinking a little bit. Where do you need to be healed? Where do we need to be healed? Help me out. Do we need healing in America today? Do we need healing in our homes today? Do we need healing in our own hearts today? Do we need healing in our church? God says, then. we got to ask the question, when? Then will I hear from heaven and heal their land. Now turn over to John chapter 5. You know the story. I'm going to read it in its entirety because God might have a personal message for each of you in the room. So we're just going to read it and let God speak to you, and then I'm going to make application here. John chapter 5, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then, first after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie, he knew that he had been, <coughs> he knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man. When the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the blind man was made whole, and he took up his bed and walked. And on the same day 
was the Sabbath. Now, much could be said and dramatized about this passage. And for the sake of time, I'm hoping that most of you have heard the story or read the story before. And so I want to zero in on the last five words of verse number six. Read them with me. Wilt thou be made whole? Wilt thou be made whole? I'm not being disrespectful to God, but let's think for a moment. Isn't that kind of a dumb question? Here's a man that's been lame for 38 years. Here's a man that's positioned himself at a place where he can be healed. Here's a man that's waiting for the angel to come and stir up the waters. Here's a man that's made effort to get in, but doesn't get there in time. And Jesus comes up to him and says, do you want to be healed? Doesn't that seem odd? Doesn't it seem to be obvious? Is Jesus' question cruel or condemning? Is it a question that would some would think is stupid or sarcastic? Is it a question that's joking around or being judgmental of the man? Come on, do you want to be healed? It seems really obvious. And yet I have a hunch God is asking the same question to us tonight. Do you want to be healed? God says, I'll heal you. I'll heal your land. Now the word then tells us when. But the first question, before we even pray, wilt thou not revive us? Do we really want revival? Do we want to be healed? Notice the three responses. His first response was, I don't have a man to help me. That's most of us. When we get under conviction in church or at home or wherever, when God speaks to us and he questions us of our weakness, our sin, our inability to understand scriptures, our inability to win people to Christ, our inability to conquer sin. Come on, folks. Every one of us should be able to conquer sin. Do I speak the truth? But we have fostered a safety in a lot of our fundamental, independent, narrow-minded, King James-only, red-letter edition, no-fun Baptist churches. We have fostered an, uh, an atmosphere that it's okay. If you're struggling, that's okay. We're all struggling. To the point that we don't even expect people to conquer sin. And sin drains us. More than COVID, 
can drain you of your energy. And it does. More than COVID can separate good friends and family members. More than COVID taking the life of an individual, sin sucks your strength. It separates friends. It takes lives. And there will be people sitting here, maybe tonight, likely tomorrow, that will die in their sins and spend eternity in a devil's hell, feeling loved in church. Here's this lame man, and the first thing he does when he's confronted with his sickness is he says, I don't have anybody that helps me. You know what we call that? We call that the blame game. Well, if my wife would do such and such, I could do better. Well, if my husband wasn't such a blah, 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 I could live a lot better for the Lord. Well, if, if my boss or if our politicians or if, 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 God, I have no man I can count on to help me in my plight. It's real easy for all of us to talk like that. Notice his second response. His second response is, I do the best I can, and it's, it's not good enough. How many couples have I ever counseled? I've, I can't tell you how many men I've heard sit, bear their heart to me, and most men won't bear their heart, but there comes a tipping point. And when everything's out of the box, and most men that I've counseled say this, no matter how hard I try, whatever I do for her is never good enough. I can't tell you how many children that I've counseled over the years in Christian homes that have said, no matter how hard we try, my dad is always mad at us. No matter how hard I pray and beg God to conquer this habit, I find myself going right back to it. You ever been there? I have. Yes, Lord, I want to be healed. What kind of a question is that? If you'd fix my mate, or if you'd fix my church, if you'd fix my neighborhood, it'd be a whole lot easier. And every time I try to try to get things right, I get blasted and I can't seem to make it. And I have a hunch I'm not the only one in the room that responds like that, because that is our flesh. Now, notice the third response. I told you I was going to chat with you like you're just my church family tonight. I'm not preaching. I'm just chatting with you. I'll preach tomorrow. 
It's going to be good. I mean, it's going to be real good. And by Tuesday night, we're going to be having a celebration. I'm telling you. I mean, Tuesday night, you don't want to miss it. Bring some cake and ice cream because you're going to love it. The third response. Jesus says, he interrupts him. Just stop talking for a minute. Rise up. Pick up your bed. And walk. You know what the third response is? Faith and obedience. That's that's what it comes down to. The songwriter put it this way. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. Oh, I know that song's not hip and cool. I know it doesn't make soothe your spirit, but I'll tell you that song is a good song. Trust and obey. Today we are living in a country that everyone talks about believing. Just believe. I, that bothers me. Believe what? Believe who? You better believe something that God says. Well, I just believe in myself, not me, folks. I mean, you treat me like I'm wonderful, and I don't want to ruin that because I like coming here because you treat me like I'm wonderful. But if you knew me like God knew me, you probably wouldn't think I was so wonderful. And quite frankly, if we knew you like God knew you, we probably wouldn't want to be in the same room. You better believe something better than yourself. Well, I just trust in my heart. I just trust in my gut. The heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You better put your faith in this book. And obey it. Trust and obey. So I'm talking Saturday night live crowd. I mean, this is the cream of the crop. And there might, are we, are we broadcasting and people watching at home online or what? Are we? Okay. I'm not offending you folks that aren't here tonight, but the cream is here. Okay. And so I'm, I'm, I'm appealing to you. And asking you this question. I'm just chatting. Tomorrow I'm going to preach. Do you want to be healed? What do you want to be healed? Let's don't deal in generalities. What do you want to be healed? Do you know the first revival in Scripture was not in a nation? Was not in a church? but it was in a home. And of the decades that I've been in ministry, I have yet to hear in a church, and I'm, I'm referring to my good church, which is an awesome church. I have yet to have a man stand and say, Preacher, I'm here Sunday morning, I'm here Sunday night, 
I'm here Wednesday night. Quite frankly, I'm a deacon, and people look up to our family and respect us. But the truth of the matter is, preacher, our family's not what it used to be. It's not what it ought to be. Pray that God will revive our home. And until our homes catch revival, our churches are going to continue to struggle. We're going to try to hold the fort. We were never commanded to hold the fort. We're to charge the gates of hell. (laughs) We're not to be defensive. We're to be on the offense. Today, we're just holding, hoping Jesus returns. Well, I hope he returns, too, because I don't want to die. I just want to go. I mean, I want to go to heaven. I just don't want to die to go there. Neither do you. Don't look at me like I'm the only one in here. And it's not that I'm afraid of dying. I just don't want, I don't know what it is. I've never, I just don't want to, I don't want to try that. I'd rather just come, Lord Jesus, hallelujah. But if I do die, don't you weep for me. I'll be with Jesus. I'll be in the presence of Almighty God. But I'd like to see God do something miraculous in the church right here in America. By the way, God is moving. There's revivals going on around our globe just not in America. And I'm not being rude or crude and ungrateful to be an American. I am, I'm a patriot. But I want to remind us, American Christians, God doesn't need America. America needs God. Are you listening? American can be conquered by Russia, China, Belize. I'm just saying, America, if she goes under, God's not going out of business. You're not going to thwart God. He is all-powerful. So you take out America. We act like, wow, if America goes out of business, what's going to happen to Christianity? It'll probably flourish. But we need God. So I'm asking you tonight. That's my chat. Do you want to be healed? What do you want to be healed? Your heart? Your home? Your church? Your community? Your country? What do you want to be healed? And if you really want to see God heal it, you need to prepare your heart right here, right now, to trust and obey. So the invitation tonight is for those of you that are serious as best as you possibly can, Come clean with God. And you're going to receive whatever God says. 
and you're going to trust him and obey him. You want to hear what the next four sermons are going to be? 2 Chronicles 7, 14. Tomorrow morning, humble yourself. Now, can I just give you a heads up? For those of you that are watching online, you might want to stay home tomorrow and watch online. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about humbling ourselves. And can I say, it isn't a pleasant thing. But it will feel good if you humble yourself. But the prouder you are, the more painful it is to humble yourself. So I'm just giving you a heads up. This may not boom our attendance tomorrow morning, but I'll tell you what, you get half of your crowd that will humble themselves before God, you're going to see God work, and it will bless you. We're going to humble ourselves tomorrow morning. Tomorrow night, going to teach on the next thing. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray. Okay, I've preached on prayer. You've heard good lessons on prayer. We all know the value of prayer. Tomorrow night I'm going to help you pray. I'm going to teach you seven things you must ask God for. It'll help you. The reason why most people don't pray an hour a week, I've learned that most people don't do what they're not good at. I ask a friend, uh, you like to golf? No. You know what that tells me? They stink at golfing. Because if they were good, they'd go play. And most of us, we don't, we don't pray because we don't feel like we're very good at it. I've prayed and God's not answered my prayer. I mean, I'm not going to speak against prayer because obviously God believes in it, so I believe in it, but I'm just not very good. I'm going to help you tomorrow night. Then Monday, seek my face. How can you see God face to face? And then Tuesday night, turn from my wicked ways. And some of you are going to say, oh, no. No, you want to say, oh, no, tomorrow morning. I'm just, I'm being as transparent as I can. This, this church, I feel like I'm right at home with. Other churches, I'd, I'd um, hype it up a little bit, and then I'd zap them when they'd get here. I'm just, I'm laying it on the line for you guys, because I know, I know, I know, I feel like I know this group. And so I'm asking you to come in tomorrow ready to hear what God has to say. Dear God, humble me. I'm not holding anything back. Tomorrow night, I'm going to help you in your prayer life. Monday night, I'm going to show you how to see God face to face. And to me, whew, that's my favorite. And then Tuesday night, I'm going to help you get back on track. How to take out the devil. How to live victoriously. How when you trip to get back up right away. 
When you trip, get right back up. Don't let it go for days and weeks and months. Does that sound like a good plan? It does to me too because God says if you'll humble yourself and pray, seek my face and turn from your wicked ways. See, we always want people to turn from their wicked ways first. You know why? Because we don't like that stuff. But if you turn from your wicked ways first without humbling yourself, without praying, without seeking, you're just going to go back to it quicker. And like the demons came back sevenfold, you usually pick up where you left off and you get worse than you were before. And we all know what I'm talking about. The order is set by God. Humble ourselves. Pray. Seek my face. Turn from my wicked ways. Then, remember that word? Then will I heal the land. Question. Do you want to be healed? Really? Let's band together as brothers and sisters in Christ. New Christians, old Christians. Veterans, rookies. We've got a multitude of nations represented. God might use us to infiltrate this whole area with the gospel of Jesus. So I'm going to ask for a pianist to play some music that would be conducive for prayer. And I'm going to ask for every one that knows Jesus Christ and wants to see God heal your heart, your home, your church, your country, and some of you, the countries from whence you came. And I'm going to ask you, let's just start off together. This isn't a showpiece. This isn't, wow, that was a tremendous sermon. Oh, wow, he's so funny. No, tonight we want to do business with God. And I'm appealing to my brothers and sisters in Christ. Let's get ready for revival. Let's at least open ourselves up for the working of the Holy Spirit. Would you stand to your feet? In fact, just come on to the altar. And let's pray. Unite our hearts together tonight. And ask God to heal our home, our heart, our church, our land. And commit yourself tonight saying, Dear God, whatever you say to me tomorrow, and Monday, and Tuesday, I'm all in. I'm going to trust and obey. Father, thank you for these sweet people. Man, we're in trouble. Speak to our hearts this week, please. And do something miraculous in us, please. Save that man that is one heartbeat from hell before it's too late. In Jesus' name.